0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. To our visitors, thank you very, very much for taking the time to be here today, um, see some new faces, and we're glad that you have taken the time to worship with us here at the Annapolis Church of Christ. To Our members, to the families that uh, usually worship here, we're also thankful to see you all here. And uh, it's good to see everybody made it through the snow and it's almost gone away and all those other good things and people are able to get back to kind of living uh, life somewhat. They say snow is coming again. Uh, I'm only hearing three inches uh, this week, so please be careful out there, Lord's willing, that everybody will be safe. Uh, If you would, please, this morning, turn to Luke chapter 19. Thank you very much, Josh, for reading um, our scripture reading uh, this morning. We do appreciate that. Um, Luke chapter 19, and while you're turning to Luke 19, I want to read a short, quick story for you. The title of the story is A Woman and a Fork. There was a young woman who had been, who had been diagnosed with terminal, a terminal illness, um, and had been given three months to live by her doctor. So, as she was getting her things in order, she contacted her minister and had him come to her house to discuss some certain aspects of her final wishes. She told him which songs she wanted sung at the service and what scriptures she wanted she would like to have read and what outfit that she wanted to be buried in. Everything was in order and the minister was preparing to leave when the young woman suddenly remembered something extremely important to her. There's one more thing, she said excitedly. What's that, came the minister's reply. This is very important, the young woman continued. I want to be buried with a fork in my right hand. The minister stood looking at the young woman, not knowing quite what to say. That surprises you, doesn't it? The young woman asked. Well, to be honest, I'm puzzled by the request, said the minister. The young woman explained, my grandmother once told me this story, and from that time on, I've always tried to pass along its message to those I love and to those who are in need of encouragement. In all my years of attending socials and gatherings, I always remember that when the dishes of the main course were being cleared, someone would inevitably lean over and say, keep your fork. It was my favorite part because I knew that something better was coming. Something like chocolate cake, something like deep dish apple pie, something good was coming something wonderful something with substance so I just want people to see me there in that casket with a fork in my right hand and I want them to wonder what's with the fork then I want you to tell them keep your fork the best is yet to come the minister's eyes swelled up with tears of joy and he hugged the young woman as he said goodbye. He knew this would be one of the last times that he would see her before her death. But he also knew that the young woman had a better grasp of heaven than he did. She had a better grasp of what heaven would be like than many people twice her age, with twice as much experience and twice as much knowledge. She knew that there was something better coming. At the funeral, They were talking about the young woman as they passed the casket and they saw the cloak that she was wearing and the fork in her right hand. And yes, over and over, the minister heard what's with the fork. And over and over, he smiled. During his message, the minister told the people of the congregation that that he had, um, of the conversation that he had with the young woman shortly before she died. He also told them about the fork and what it symbolized to her. He told, he told the people how he could not stop thinking about the fork and told them that they probably would not be able to, to, continue, to stop thinking about it either. So the next time you reach down for your fork, let it remind you ever so gently that the best is yet to come. Friends are a very rare jewel indeed. They make you smile, and they encourage you to succeed. Cherish the time that you have and the memories that you share. Sharing the gospel with someone is not just a grand opportunity, but a sweet responsibility. And as the story goes, always remember to keep your fork. And so Philippians chapter 3 Verse 20 through 21 teaches us all. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await the Savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. And so we are, in fact, a blessed people a blessed people here at the Annapolis Church, together. But we have so much more to look forward to. We have heaven. And so today, I asked you a few minutes ago to turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. And we'll start with verse number 1. Luke 19, verse Number one, the Bible says Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. In verse 5, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and at once he welcomed him gladly. Verse 7, all the people saw this and they began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Verse 8, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. In verse 9, Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. For the next few minutes, I would like to springboard from this book and this chapter on the subject, When Life Has You Up a Tree and Out on a Limb. When Life Has You Up a Tree and Out on a Limb. Ladies and gentlemen, it's tax time. It's that time of the year here in the United States when we all have to reconcile with Uncle Sam. When we have to obtain and we have to check our W-2s, when we now have to prove we have health care in 2015, and when we have to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. For some people... Taxes are no big deal. Some folks file their taxes and go on to watch the Super Bowl without any hiccup. But for others, it's not that easy. Some of us stress this time of the year because it's a big time of the year. But not only are taxes a stressor. Mitch just prayed a few minutes ago about the stressors of life. But over and over, there are many other things that stress us as human beings. There are children. I'm reminded of Brady Harrison, my son. Took four months before he decided that he was going to sleep through the night. And so I think it was about month three, Monique, Brady started screaming like normal. I didn't realize that it took four. I was like, as a father, what was really going on? But my wife popped up out of bed as he started to scream, and she said, now I know why bears eat their young. (laughs) I said, honey, I'll get up this time. I want to keep my firstborn. But children can stress us. Food, lack of food can stress us. Clothing, health, school, work, deadlines, medicine, and the list goes on and on. And so our text this morning brings us to a point. When life has you up a tree and out on a limb, what do you do in your life? Allow me, if you will, before we answer that question, to give you just a little bit of background. Allow me, if you will, to give you and to set the historical context of the times. During the time of Jesus, in the first century Israel, there were publicans and tax collectors who could walk up to a man and tax him for what he was carrying and much more. These tax collectors were hated and despised because they were usually fellow Jews who worked for Rome. There were many taxes needed for the provinces to administer the Roman Empire. These taxes paid for a good system of roads, law and order, security, religious freedoms, and a certain amount of self-government and other benefits. The publican is from the Latin word publicanos and from the Greek word telonos, which mean a tax gatherer. The publican is mentioned quite often throughout the life of Jesus. Since Israel was under Roman rule and part of the province of the Roman Empire customs duties were farmed out to the chief tax collector, the publican. These chief tax collectors would also farm out their duties to the regular tax collectors. In the eyes of Rome, the provinces were to carry the heavy weight of administering the empire. Judea was in the province of Syria. And every man was to pay one percent of his annual income for income tax. But that was not all. There was also import and export taxes. There were sales taxes. There was property taxes. There was emergency taxes, and on and on. It was actually a Roman official censor who was ultimately responsible to Rome for collecting the revenue of the province, but he sold the rights to extort tax to the highest bidder. Some of the time when the Bible mentions a publican or a tax collector, it is referring to the regular tax collector publicanos, rather than the chief tax collector. The the tax collectors were usually Jewish and therefore they were hated by their own people. When they collected their taxes for Rome, they would turn over the required amount of money and whatever they could add on for themselves is what they kept themselves. They were known to be extortioners of large sums of money because tax collectors were in relationship with Rome Who were Gentiles in the eyes of the Jews and hated for their their domination, they were treated similar to the worst kinds of sinners. They were treated similar to the worst kinds of sinners and prostitutes. But Jesus showed much kindness to the publicans. And he was even mentioned to have had dinner with them, which in Israel was a sign of fellowship. And so Jesus enters Jericho, just passing through, as Luke 19, 1 tells us. We know some of the characteristics of this character here in Luke 19, Zacchaeus. The Bible teaches us in verse 1, 2, and 3 that Zacchaeus was, one, wealthy, that Zacchaeus was, two, the chief tax collector. That Zacchaeus, three, that he desired to see Jesus, that he was short, and that he had the ability to run and the ability to climb. And so as we align all these characteristics, you can start to see Zacchaeus' problems mount up. You can start to see Zacchaeus' problems add up. Which leads us to point number one. And there are only three this morning. Point number one this morning. When when problems mount up, blessings come down. When problems mount up, blessings come down. Zacchaeus knew he had a problem. He was a tax collector. Not only that, he was the chief tax collector. Think of him as the supervisor of tax collectors. He signed the employees' timesheets, you might think in today's society. He made himself wealthy by doing it. Being short didn't help Zacchaeus either. Zacchaeus knew he wasn't going to get any help to see Jesus because of who he was. And so one of the first things that you must do in life when you have a problem is recognize that you have a problem. It's to acknowledge that you have a problem. Then you can start taking action to do something about it. Zacchaeus ran ahead and he took his problems up a tree. Back to point number one. When problems go up, blessings come down, turn to Verse 4, verse 4 of chapter 19, the Bible says, and he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, who's him, Jesus, since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, the Bible says he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house. So he came down at once and welcomed him. Look at what the Bible says there. Jesus got to the spot and he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down. Point number two this morning. Always recognize the principle of hospitality and an active gospel message. Always recognize the principle of hospitality and an active gospel message. First, with respect to the principle of hospitality, Zacchaeus came down out of that sycamore fig tree and took Jesus to his home. Zacchaeus didn't just take Jesus to his home, the Bible says that he welcomed him gladly. We should follow Jesus gladly. We should follow Jesus willingly. And when we open our home and when we open our hearts, Jesus will work magic in our lives to take care of our problems. They may not be taken care of immediately, but God knows what he's doing in our lives. It is no different for us today. If we will open up our church home here at Annapolis... Our own personal homes and our hearts, the active gospel message will work through each of us to bring others to Christ. And the result, the Bible tells us, of that active gospel is salvation. Look at verse 9 and 10. Verse 9 says, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. We want to be part of the active gospel. But when we are, we we don't expect everything to be red roses. If you go back to verse 7 of this scripture, chapter 19 and verse 7, read with me. The Bible says all the people saw this. This fact that Jesus said come down out of the tree. And Zacchaeus did so immediately. Verse 7. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Jesus has gone to be a guest of, the sin- of a sinner. People are going to talk about you. They are going to mutter. No matter what. The key for us is do we, do we find ourselves doing the right thing because it's the right thing? Because the Bible tells us to do it. If we're in alignment with the Bible, then it doesn't matter what people mutter. And so this little tax collector became a convert on this day. And the heavens rejoiced in heaven. And so to point number three. Today is, take a message from the tax code. You can learn something from a tax collector. Take a message from the tax code. You can learn something from a tax collector. Just as Zacchaeus teaches even today, Luke the physician wrote about other tax collectors to help us appreciate G To help us appreciate Jesus and his life. Turn with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Verse 27. Once again Jesus gave Levi direction. And he followed. Jesus used Levi to record so many things. Luke chapter 5 verse 27. The Bible says after this Jesus went out and saw a tax collector. By the name of Levi, sitting at a tax booth, follow me, Jesus said to him, and Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Verse 31. Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You see, Jesus used Levi to record Jesus' genealogy. Jesus used Levi, a tax collector, to teach us and to record the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus used Levi, a tax collector, to record many miracles. He used Levi, a tax collector, to help us understand and record the Lord's Supper that we just participated in. Jesus used Levi, a tax collector, to have insight and record the prayer of Jesus in Gethsemane, Jesus used Levi, a tax collector, to record the betrayal of Judas. He used Levi, a tax tax collector, to record Jesus' final words on the cross. He used Levi, a tax collector, to record the burial of Jesus, to record Jesus' resurrection, and to record the Great Commission. In Matthew chapter 28, Go there, therefore go, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Jesus used a tax collector by the name of Matthew to do all of that. What more will he use you, and what more will he use me in our journey in this life? The lesson is yours this morning. Whatever your need may be, we offer you to come in faith, repentance, confession, and baptism if it is your desire today as we together stand and sing.